100% Wild podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store. Hey guys, welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild podcast. I'm your co-host Tim Chelswick and joined by Mr. Matt Drury and we're excited to let you know that this show is sponsored by Onyx Hunt, the number one GPS hunting app with offline features, land ownership data, and more. Download your free trial today in the Google Play and App Store. Look at us. We have a sponsor. We're a kinda, real podcast now. Kind of sound like a professional. That's right. I'm excited to have those guys. You know, we've been talking to them since last, you know, June or July or whatever it was. They were, they were helping us a little bit with the DeerCast app and just kind of the ins and outs. and A lot bit. You know, we... The product is really phenomenal. It really is second to none. And, um, you know, Mark's been using it turkey hunting even. So there's a lot of uses, not just deer hunting, which is what, Mm -hmm. you know, of course we were going into the fall. So we used it for food plotting and then into the deer hunting side of things. But there's, I mean, realistically, there's almost endless possibilities inside that thing. Well, and, you know, for turkey hunting, I'm setting up roost waypoints on the app. So I can kind of just, because I have a general sense of the property, but it's really nice just to see it laid out in front of you. Yeah. That way you remember all your options, you know, all the variables that are in play. Yeah, for sure. It's cool. So if I ever get to go hunting again, I'm going to try to use it. You hunt? <laughs> Not, no, I'm starting <laughs> to question that, honestly. Very sparingly. I've been traveling a lot, but none of it gets to go to a hunting camp. That's kind of the weird thing about being in the hunt in the hunting industry is that we're typically the busiest when seasons are open, which means we have less time. Yeah, I just did a, a post about that on my Instagram page not not long ago. It was like, you know. You an Instagram for, account? Yeah, at MattDrew81. <laughs> Shameless plug. But I, I did. I just hit that it's because, you know, we did a photo shoot a couple of weeks ago for the folks at Nomad. And it's like, you know, it just it really does something for you to be out totally in agree. the wilderness and the misconception of I because I get emails all the time like I want to be in the hunting industry what do I got to do I think people see like Mark and Terry and the guys in front of the camera you know Lee and Tiffany or whoever it yeah. might be and think this is the life for me well there's a very small percentage of people that get to actually experience that life and and the, the stuff that you see on camera is a small percentage of what they're actually doing they all do other things yeah yeah that aren't as sexy as being out in the woods yeah really is the case so we don't actually get to go hunting much yeah <laughs> well, we're not complaining like i i feel very fortunate to be in this industry At the end of the day you're still doing what you love exactly it's just a different part of it mm-hmm. but it's helping the overall cause that's right so it's a good segue because we got a guy that's been working in the industry shoot i maybe over 30 years 35 years that you Paul Butsky from GSM Outdoors, longtime friend, a hell of a turkey hunter, and one guy that you want to share a deer or turkey camp with. Paul, how's it going today, buddy? Good, Matt. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How long have you been in the industry, man? Not to give away your age or anything. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Since the 70s? (laughs) Before, like... I don't know how many years that is. I don't know. Since probably uh, 78. Okay. Was so there like even 40 a years. turkey industry, like a hunting industry then, or was it kind of formulating at that point? Well, the turkey hunting animal was really kind of kind of its infancy as far as really getting going. Uh, and then it just really exploded like in the early 80s and through the 80s and 90s but uh, and to where it is today. But, you know, the interest was... It was so new to so many people and the novelty of, of turkey hunting and, and the different style of hunting uh, from 
old school hunting where you just sit there and, you know, make one or two clucks and sit there for about three hours and maybe fall asleep against a tree and wake <laughs> up and hopefully the turkey's in front I've of never you. Done that. Well, we kind of put turkey hunting on the map with, you know, the aggressive style of hunting, uh, running and gunning and, you know, making a turkey gobble and, you know, switching calling positions a lot of different times before you finally get to the right spot. But uh, that's when it really exploded. I would say back in the early 80s. Yeah. So when did you end up going to work with Dick Kirby and, and those folks? In 1970, I was, I'll put it this way. In 1979, I was working as a machinist. and I was do, We were doing turkey stuff before that. But I went to, with Kirby. We were on strike, and I went to help Dick with his first um, uh, shot show. And uh, I never went back to work. I started with Quaker Boy in 79, 80, 81. 82 and then uh i went with ben lee for a couple of years ben rogers lee and then went back with quaker boy and then i went in business with myself in 86 or 87 yeah. it's pretty cool to, to the history of you know just being around mark and dad obviously my whole life i've gotten to to hear them speak of these people sure. in such a positive light for so long and then of course when i started working for the guys and started going to the trade shows getting to meet the ernie calandrellis the bob walkers the paul buttskis i mean these guys it they made the industry you know the cuz stricklands yeah. you know the toxie hayes of the world uh they made the industry they, they literally created the industry and what it is and and they are all so fun to be around and and to hear the stories and it's just it's it's a brotherhood it really is cool it, it really is and yeah there's a lot of stories that you can't talk about <laughs> something like this but there's a lot of stories that you know your dad and and your uncle mark and uh, i mean just great guys i mean pioneers and what they did and and what they've created and the longevity that they've been in this and to where they are today and you guys, you know, in Drury Outdoors, I mean, that just speaks for itself. I mean, you know, because they're great guys, likable guys and have a great following. And, uh, you know, I'm proud of them. I'm, I'm proud of calling my friends and you guys, my friends. And, you know, now you're going to get me choked up. Yeah, I know they feel the same <laughs> way about you. And, you know, the, some of the best stories, like the Ernie stories are always, they're, they're really good. Oh, God, you can't talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's one of a kind, man. He really is. I saw that he retired here recently, didn't he? He did. He retired. In fact, Ernie got me to go to my first turkey calling contest. Really? Back in 1978, yeah. Uh, he got me to go to the contest because, you know, I had a little sporting goods store back in, Niagara Falls, New York, and, uh, well, actually, it was before that, and then he got me to go to a contest, and, you know, one thing led to another, and then we just, it was nonstop from there, but me and Ernie traveled all over the country, you know, turkey calling contests, and just to drive from one place to another place to another place, yeah. it was crazy. Road warriors. Road warriors, yep, that's where all the stories come from. <laughs> so, so, um... <laughs> resume wise like what are some what were some of the highlights of some of those turkey calling contests for you like with the ones that because you were winning a lot of those turkey calling contests back in the day so what were some of the highlights for you if you could remember well, that far back yeah, i can remember that far back <laughs> it was like it was yesterday Matt. <laughs> anyhow um you know i won my first u.s open in 1981 in uh down in blaine pennsylvania uh i went on to win you know like six u.s open championships three national turkey federation grand national championships 
the Masters, you know, over several hundred contests. But, uh, you know, it's just something about those national championships and the U.S. Open that were pretty special. I mean, because you got a lot more circulation of guys from around the country that, that attended those ones. So, you know, Pennsylvania was always hardcore, you know, turkey callers. I mean, mm-hmm. back in the day, even, you know, Rob Keck and all that, too. I mean, you know, I knew Rob real well. And uh, there's some real pioneers in the turkey world that that came from that neck of the woods. And and then Missouri. You know, Missouri was always a strong strong one as it, as it kind of progressed. Yeah, who was your stiffest competition back in the day? Back in the day, it would be Denny Galvis. Yeah. Denny was a great caller. Dick Kirby was a great caller. Uh, you know, Walter Parrott came on, you know, about a year or two later. Uh, and then, you know, your dad, I mean, your uncle. Yeah. And I wouldn't say your dad. He's, he's not really a good jerk. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a mistake. You not I'm kidding, that. Terry. Terry, I'm kidding. He ain't going to uh, watch this. Don't worry. Uh, okay, good, good, good. But, uh, you know, there was, on any given day, at, at, you know, there was guys that could win at any different situation. Yeah. You know, Stevie Stoltz and Stevie still calling today. He's doing great. Yeah. Ray I. I mean, these guys are all the Rom brothers. I mean, geez, there's so many I could say. Yeah. Kelly Cooper. I mean, these guys are all, you know, pioneers back then. And, and on any given day, anybody could have won. Let me ask you this. So back then, you know, you guys had your, I'm sure there were certain calling styles. Have you seen the turkey calling contest develop into something different now than it was then the style the aggressiveness just how detailed the callers have to be because you know you you look at some of the callers today billy argus and you know matt van sice and they're unbelievable i mean Uh, it's amazing martin and yep other guys are and and really uh, but there again it, it falls back to on any given day any one of them can win you know, it's a turkey calling contest is subjective. You know, back early on, I mean, when, you know, you started, a, we started a kind of aggressive style and started putting cuts in the reeds and all that, and it sounded a lot more turkey. So you really stuck out more, you know, to a, to a lot of different guys. But now everybody, you know, kind of using the same style of call. And, uh, you know, the presentation is so similar. It's mm-hmm. so similar. So it's all turkey. But, you know, a contest is only as good as the judges are. Paul, where do you, where do you fall say. on guys making the turkey hand puppet, as they call it? <laughs> Mark, Mark I laugh the king at that. I can't help it. I laugh at that one. I can't do, I can't do that. D- Dad has one of <laughs> the – I couldn't do this stuff. Dad's got one of the best impressions of Mark when he used I to be on the it. calling circuit. Oh my! I'm sure. I'm sure that Paul has seen it at a bar one night or something. But I mean, he really gets into it. And Mark used to have a mullet, so Dad'll like pretend like Shake he's his flipping mullet his out. mullet, and then he'll be like, you know, he gets into it and he starts calling. You know, it's 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 classic. It's good. I see the guys do it in the competitions, and I think like, well, you know, do they? Obviously, they think it adds some realism. Whatever it takes, Tim. Apparently, the uh, maybe edge. that's what I'm well, lacking in my calling ability. <laughs> I don't know about that. that I, when, when I used to see it, I used to laugh and say, what the heck? I, that'd be embarrassing to do that on stage. <laughs> They're shameless. Awesome. But we got to well, so so we've got one of our deer casters asked a question that kind of relates to calling. Uh, he is uh, he's from out in Colorado, and he gives us our question of the day. Question of the day is brought to you by Bass Pro and Cabela's. Your adventure starts here. Hi, my name is Nick Dora, calling from Colorful, Colorado. 
And my question was in regards to hemmed up gobblers. Um, the season starts this weekend, and I've noticed that a lot of gobblers are already hemmed up or running with a lot more hens um, and doing a lot more strutting, even some breeding in some cases. And I was wondering what sort of decoy tactics and calling techniques might work best for a situation like that. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Nick, for giving us the question. It's interesting because my nephew, he had just the youth season, you know, by the time this airs, it would have been a couple weeks ago, but the youth season in Missouri had happened. And my nephew was telling us we got together at mom and dad's for Sunday lunch. And he was saying that they were acting, he was describing how they were acting to dad. And dad's like, it sounds like they're hinned up already. He's like, that can't be. And, you know, and, and, and it's interesting. This guy's saying it as well. Paul, what do you think about that question? Well, number one, you, you got your work cut off for you when gobblers are hemmed up. Um, but, you know, there are different tactics you can do. And, but there again, nothing works all the time. So uh, in, in a decoy situation, if you're a decoy user, I mean, you might want to set a Jake along next to that hen decoy uh, to kind of maybe, you know, make that old gobbler that's got all the hens jealous. He'll go run that Jake off and you can get a crack at him that way. And then also... It depending on how the hens are acting with us. But if you see hens just kind of feeding along and really not paying no attention to the gobbler, sometimes you can get real aggressive with your calling. And, you know, you might get that hen fire. You know, you got gobblers that, that, are, that show their dominance. They establish a pecking order. And, you know, the more dominant gobbler, you know, he takes that harem of hens, runs these other gobblers off. They may go to a different area or whatnot or just kind of pick up his strays. And then you got hens that are very dominant as well. Mm -hmm. And if you can get that dominant hen, you start cutting and carrying on, you get that dominant hen in a bunch to start, you know, answering you, you know, she might turn those two or three birds your way, come your way. And then, oh, gobbler, he might not be paying any attention to you, but he's following her along. Yeah. And then again, also, if you got hens that aren't paying any attention to that gobbler and you can get aggressive enough and sound real enough at that particular point to, maybe get him fired up because he's still hot to go and those hens don't want, don't want nothing to do with them, you can turn them sometimes and break them away from that flock. But there again, nothing is foolproof. Turkey hunting is stacking the odds in your favor is what's greatly increased your chances, but nothing is 100% proof. What would be your go-to call there, you know, in a situation like that, a hend up gobbler and you just, it, you know, decoy maybe isn't working. So what's your go-to call? If, if you can see how a turkey's reacting to the call, number one, I mean, I do a lot of soft little stuff, and if they're not paying any attention, then I'll get real aggressive. I'll do a lot of sharp cutting and carrying on, you know, some pop, 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 get real aggressive. And there again, you, you get that hen fired up in there, she could turn the whole flock coming your way. Or that, if they're still not paying attention and that gobbler wants to come your way, he'll break off sometimes and come your way. I've had it happen, and, and you know, both situations where you call the flock of hens into you, the gobbler follows, or you call the gobbler away from those hens by being real aggressive. Paul, as far as the, because you, you mentioned a Jake gobbler with a, with a hen, or you mentioned a, a Jake decoy with a hen decoy. Do you think that the posture of the hen decoy makes a difference? And if so, what's your go-to? Well, I, I, I'm not hardcore decoy user. Mm -hmm. However, uh, I like, you know, maybe a feeding hen or something like that, or a hen with just her head up a little bit, and then a, a jake kind of like moving in on your dirt, on that gobbler's dirt, is what's going to, you know, break him away to come, 
you know, the gobblers are very territorial and very yeah. possessive at that particular point. And, and you get a jake or two that move in. And, you know, a lot sometimes you get a, you know, four or five, six jakes, they'll, they could run that big old gobbler off too and they'll beat them up. You see but, that a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you see it a lot. But then if you got just one, one, maybe two jakes, you know, they're pretty submissive. And, you know, that old gobbler sees that one jake along with the hen over there. He's going to get jealous and, you know, go try to run him off and you're going to crack at him that way. I got an email probably a week or so ago through the website. And this guy was so mad at us for using decoys. <laughs> and it just, we talked about it in a couple podcasts uh uh, the, uh, earlier about kind of the infighting that happens amongst hunters and it's usually over petty styles of hunting or your hair yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh hair yeah. we got some guy last week that said you look like uh look like captain kirk me you wore like a pea green shirt <laughs> nice and uh, i'll take that captain was kirk was the yeah. man but no so this guy yeah. he went off and and i replied and you know i always tried for the most part, I always try to reply to the emails, and and I said uh, something like, you know, it's it's just the beauty of you know if it's legal, you know, we we try to just promote hunting in general, and if it's something that helps somebody succeed, why not? Was use he saying it? it wasn't fair? He, was he it? said it wasn't fair chase hunting, and and we shouldn't be promoting it, and we aren't hunters. Wow. Basically, if you use a decoy, you're not a hunter. And you know, my assumption was he was a little probably a little bit older because mm-hmm. that's usually. Like as technology or innovation changes, usually it's it's when I when I get blowback via email or on social media, it's usually an older demographic that's saying like that's not real hunting, yeah. that's not you know woodsmanship, that's not this or that. And you know the way I looked at it, and maybe I'm dead wrong on this, but how is a decoy any different than using a turkey call? Like you're using something to get an advantage, and to your point, Paul, you're just trying to stack the odds. Like anything, I'll use anything that's legal, man. That's right, because you know, just because you got a decoy, I mean, a de- turkey might come in a decoy three times in a row, and the next five times, him run the other direction. So it's just, uh, you know, it's 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 just a tool that may work in at, at that particular day and may spook that bird another day. So. You know, back when we started, I mean, in like in New York, you couldn't use a decoy. I mean, decoys were illegal. Blinds were illegal. You couldn't hunt out of a blind. Mm. I mean, that was all. It was all old school stuff. And you know, it was years later before they they eliminated. It's just like in any other type of of deal. I mean, laws change. I mean, you try to you know stack the odds in your favor. Um, you know, you got kids involved and you're trying to grow a sport where people have a tendency to move around. I mean, turkeys pick up on a movement like, like that. So, uh, you know, if you want to get kids involved, sometimes it takes having a decoy to keep his eyes off of, off of the, you know, somebody that's moving around a little bit or a blind Yeah. because, you know, kids, young kids, and you want to get kids involved in, into the sport. And it takes that because, I mean, a kid's not going to get interested in something if he's not hearing or seeing nothing. So it takes, you know, some, some different things that gets him to come in and, and get the kid into the sport. So and there's nothing cooler than watching a, a, a gobbler come in or even Jake's or whatever, come in and beat the hell out of a decoy. Yeah, like it's, it's, awesome. it's, it's fun to watch that man. It never gets old. Well, and if this guy were hunting with me, he would see there are multiple hunts where I've been out with decoys and nothing. I tried to tell him, I honestly, I was like, man, we got, you know, you're seeing the su- successful hunts, but right. there's plenty of hunts where it doesn't work, you know, either it's because his point was it, you put a decoy on, 
now you're going to kill a bird. It's a foolproof plan. He's never I'm like, dude, it is not a foolproof <laughs> plan. And he just wouldn't have anything of it. That you know, it's one of those guys that where you, you tr- I replied in a very respectful way, try to, sure. to throw my points out there. And it's, there wasn't no point counterpoint. It was like, point you're an idiot i'm gonna yell you know like not there's wrong. no here it's like all right so at that point i didn't respond anymore it's like yeah. all right he's you're not gonna convince that not guy. a conversation yeah 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 so anyhow so where all have you been so far this spring paul uh just a couple states i was in texas we did a uh a hunt with gsm outdoors down in texas we had a great hunt and then uh i went off to flew from there to florida we did a uh, wounded warrior hunt where, you know, it was an honor for me to be a part of. And, you know, we took some some vets out that, you know, paid, uh, you know, uh, quite a sacrifice yeah. for the position and the shape that they were in and got to take them out on and share some hunts with them. And they were, you know, successful. So awesome. it was rewarding for me to give something back like that. That's awesome. So in those two styles of bird, those are two different styles of, or two different breeds of birds, right? So what, mm-hmm. what are their big differences in how you hunt them? Not really. I mean, you, you know, a turkey call is a turkey call no matter where you go, what part of the country. I mean, turkeys sound similar. I mean, they, you know, there's some, you got some hens that are raspy, some hens that have a little clear yelp. It doesn't matter whether you're in Texas or Florida or New York or Missouri or Iowa. And uh, the styles doesn't cha- doesn't change there. It just changes in the, you know, your terrain. Uh, when you're hunting Texas, you know, it's not like you could just run up and sit up against any tree because you get stuck with something if you do that. Uh, where Florida, you know, you got got a lot more like food food plot areas and then swampy areas. So uh, just setting up in the different terrains, but it's the si- the style of hunting, the calling aspect of it is pretty much similar no matter where you go. You know, one of the things that I picked up from my buddies down at Devil's Backbone uh, down in southern Missouri is they, it, they're hunting a lot of Ozark ridges, and it's real rough country. And they they call, but they also will do a lot of kind of audio cues, like flapping their hats, like 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 wing beats, yeah. or scratching around sure. in the leaves by their setup. Oh, yeah. That was just Lie a, down, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that, they've said that they will – you know, once they get a bird's attention, sometimes that soft kind of non-calling sounds are really what seals the deal. And that was just a revelation to me. I didn't even consider I it. noticed dad do that quite a bit when we're t- like yeah. timber hunting, it seems like. And and usually it's like yeah. a morning thing for him. Yeah, and, and it works. All that stuff works. I mean, it's just, you know, turkeys can hear, you know, like five times better than we can. So yeah, if you're calling, you're calling soft, and you think your turkey can't hear it. Well, you know, there's a good chance he can hear you, or it's just a little scratch in the leaves. Uh, they kind of hear those sounds, and they associate it with that turkey call that was over there, and uh, it makes all the difference in the world. So, it, but in your dad's situation, well, he can call it. That's why he scratched. <laughs> <laughs> He's flapping his wings because he wants to. I love it. <laughs> So, of you know, all the different tactics, what's, you know, obviously you're, you're a champion turkey caller. What's your go-to call or go-to cut? You know, is there something that you prefer? Well, I, I, I designed actually a stutter cutter style call back in the 1980. And what's a lot of guys use today, but then they put a little variation and put another slice off to the side. Uh, you know, there's 
they're all similar style calls, but it's just, uh, you know, what sounds good in your particular mouth. And, you know, I, I like a cutter style call. If, if and an, that's kind of a notched out read. Yeah. Half the read cut out in the back. Getting raspy. Yeah, it gets raspy. And then you can put, sometimes they'll put another slice in it off to the side a little bit and they give it a little more raspier sound. So I'd love for you there to again. take us through how to, you know, cause like I just, I, I can make noises with a mouth call, but it's not a Turkey, you know, like <laughs> I, I just, someone's letting the air out of a balloon. Yeah. It's just like some guys just suck at that. You know, what, what would be your advice to guys trying to learn how to call with a mouth call? Well, practice, practice, practice. I mean, when you're driving in a car, because you drive people crazy if you don't, and yeah. just where it feels comfortable in your mouth, uh, you know, just the uh, just blowing on a call. I mean, once somebody gets sound out of a call, then it's just a variation of switching your tongue around where you're blocking off the airflow. So the air comes, you know, over the top of the reeds to produce the sounds. But, uh, you know, develop yelps. That's the basic call that you want to do. And then you do some soft soft yelps and purrs and then, uh, you know, cutting and aggressive stuff and I like the proficiency of a diaphragm mouth call. I mean, anything will work. A box call will work. I mean, the sound quality is there, but always develop, you know, try to practice with a diaphragm mouth call because sometimes when you got turkeys in view and you can't pick up that box or slate call, you know, you might want to just give that soft little seductive stuff that maybe makes the difference and gets that gobbler in those extra 10 yards. And uh, you can't do that with something in your hand. You might be able to do it with your diaphragm mouth call. But practice, practice, practice. That's the thing. So are you pressing your tongue almost kind of against the reed itself? Or what? Yeah. Hey, you want me blowing a call? Prepared. Yeah. Pretty dry. you got to separate these reeds. The mouth call is really great for guys that are bow hunting turkeys, too. You, your hands are, you know, you're studying you're really the bow. Handcuffed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but what you're doing is you're huffing the air. You're saying the words, chuck, 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 chuck. And you're just dropping your jaw. Chuck, 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 chuck. And you're saying the words, chuck, 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 chuck. And you put it in the turkey rhythm. Now, the best way to learn good turkey rhythm is actually get out there and listen to wild turkeys. I mean, there's some cassettes and tapes that are out there. And, uh, you know, you don't you want to sound realistic. You don't want to just like what a box call. The tone quality is built into a box call. Yeah. All you got to do is develop that rhythm. Yeah. You know, you could uh, you could take a box call and go out turkey hunting tomorrow. But, you know, you just got to develop that good turkey rhythm. You know, you want it to sound just like a hand if, if possible. The more you can mimic a hand turkey, the better off you're going to be. And you don't have to be a champion turkey caller to be a good turkey hunter because woodsmanship is the single most important factor. And that's knowing when to sit still, when to move. You kind of get a feel for when to call, when not to call. But you do want to be proficient with your calling. So practice as much as you can. Is it possible to get a gobbler yelp out of a mouth call, Paul? Yeah. You just kind of just elongate the, elongate the yelp a little bit more. It's just kind of dropping your jaw a little bit more instead of a chop, 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 chop. It's more of a chop, chop. You know, it's just a more so elongated exactly. yelp. Sure. But now I've heard some old gobblers that sound a little higher pitch than some old hens out there, too. So yeah. it's it's more of a rhythm 
type okay. aspect, gobblers will have a tendency to yelp maybe two or three times at the most with a with a slower drawn out yelp. Gotcha. Do you find benefit in and go- actually gobbling? You know, sometimes you see guys do that, and I, you know, well, I never you understand. Well, you can. It's, 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 well, if, it, yeah, I mean, it, it does have its advantage. It's just another tool in your box, I mean, you know, that you carry with you, and it's just like a turkey call in your vest, and it could make the difference on certain situations, but if it's not proficient enough, sometimes you're going to send a gobbler the other direction, so. Yeah. <laughs> the best time to use a gobbler call is when. You know, it'd be kind of a last resort. To gobble at a turkey, yeah, or when because your buddy's unless you could do it really good or something, <laughs> when your buddy's falling asleep, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what's your favorite locator call? Owl hooting. Yeah. I love the owl hoot. How's your owl? Because you can, bring, yeah, you can bring it up from your diaphragm and just let it out. You know, because it, it's more of a shock response that makes that turkey gobble. You know, loud sound. I mean, you know. You hear people say, oh, heck, I slammed my car door in a turkey gobble. Well, yeah, that works, but you can't carry a car door in a woods with you. you know, so. so a locator call like that or, or, or coyote howl and stuff like that, so it's, it's just that high-pitched sound, that higher and louder sound that carries out there that kind of kicks that old gobbler in the ribs and makes him gobble. Sure. What's the closest you've roosted a bird in the morning and not had him bust on you? <laughs> well, it's got light and have turkeys right up above you that you didn't know were there. And that's happened many a times to me. <laughs> nice. And, uh, you know, you get in there early enough where it's kind of dark and, you know, cause you knew you had a turkey maybe roosted about a hundred yards or 125 yards away. And then, you know, as it gets all of a sudden, just <laughs> turkey gobbles, he's in a tree above you. I mean, that's happened a number of different times. So cool. It's cool, but it's a uh, it's hell to try to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> they don't just drop right out of the tree. <laughs> Actually, actually, we did a hunt, I don't know, it's been years ago at, at your dad's place, Matt, um, where we got set up in there, and when it got light, your dad was filming, and Mark was, or Mark was filming, and your dad was there, and a turkey uh, gobbled, and he was, he was in gun range, I mean, he was in the tree, right, up, we didn't know he was there, and uh, waited, and he pitched down, he flew down the hill, and I called him back up the hill, and he come up, and but that turkey was like within 30 yards of us, and we didn't know he was there. Nice. Do you find it hard to call turkeys uphill? I've heard that before, where it's just it, they hardly will come back up up a hill. No, they, they'll come up a hill more so than come down a hill. And maybe you're that's better what off it is. being above them and let them come up to you than if you're below them and try to call them down a hill. Gotcha. So why, got, why is that? It's the vantage point, you know, just like yourself. If you're up on a ridge, and you're scanning down there, you, you can scan that hillside a lot better from up, up up above. Same thing with a turkey. It's a vantage point. If he's down below you, you know what I mean? He's got to walk up to go to see what's there, just like you would have to. But oh. if he was above you looking down, he'd you know, he don't see anything that resembles a hen down there, he's gonna be more reluctant to come down that hill. Now I feel dumb. <laughs> that seemed obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, they don't let me hunt. They never let me out out of the studio, man. (laughs) The hunchback of Notre Dame. I I, I always feel like the best shows are the ones where we forget that we're doing a show and we're just like, we're just getting information and we're visiting. And I feel like we could go with Paul for another couple hours, just answering our own personal 
questions. Yeah, yeah. Paul's a wealth of knowledge. Obviously, it's it's it, he's one of the best out there. And and Clearly. when you want to talk turkey, he's a go-to source. Well, he kind of teased the the wildlife word of the week last week. Yeah. And this week's word Is? also turkey related. All right. Caruncles. Caruncles. <laughs> you ever hear that one? I've heard that. Yeah. It's not when it's a, you're like uh, the knobs under the yeah. kind of the knobs that are on your head. All the stuff that makes that, turkeys look ugly. Yeah. Ugly. It, it, and, and you know, this, <laughs> turkeys, I think, are a great example of how biased anti hunters are because no one gives a rip about people shooting turkeys in the face, but you kill a deer and it's all like, oh, you know, they're, they're soft. Uh, you're right. Yeah. It's they, a pet. <laughs> <laughs> right. They don't care about ugly turkeys. But, yeah, the caruncles are uh, – they include the snood, which is the long, drooping yeah. part that we talked about last week, and then the wattle, which are the, the kind of the bulbous, fleshy growths uh, on, the, on the lower side of their neck. Uh, the caruncles are used to communicate mating intent and turkey mood. By color? What? Coloration, yeah. yeah. What, are they, what are they there for? Uh, they, they signal mating intent and mood. They change oh change color so the white to oh. red to beet red mm-hmm. <laughs> blue then when, you, then when you kill them they don't feel so good they yeah. just all go white on you yeah you know a turkey may be ugly but yet it's interesting to see like they're beautiful it's a weird dynamic because they're beautiful and they're freaking ugly once you go up to it and you see it close you're like god damn <laughs> what it was god beady, thinking. little eyed <laughs> well so so my daughter when she when she saw this gobbler walk through this gap in the cedars it was all slicked down it was walking he hit the field and we were kind of peeking out the rear blind window and she saw him strut up she's like i want to kill that one she thought it was a completely different bird because yeah. they look like two different animals when yeah. they when they strut up like that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's amazing. They're they're amazing critters. So that's called a pulmonic puff. What is it? A pulmonic puff you, when they strut. You just took a, you just gave us a new word a wildlife word of the day. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> We've never had anybody c- contribute, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> myself included. <laughs> So, Paul, uh, uh, you know, we won't keep you much longer, but through all the years, is there something, is there a hunt or a camp or a moment, something that stood out above all the rest, you know, and, and the, you know, I'm sure it's close to thousands of, of hunts you've been on at this point? You know, I've been on so many hunts, and every hunt you go on, you always say, God, that was unbelievable. It was like the best hunt. And I, you know, just being able to share it with with really close friends and stuff like that, or or family, to me, it kind of means the most. Or you know, or and then I, you know, was on that hunt last week in Florida where I, I called this this guy, this twenty uh, six year old Marine vet, you know, who was in Afghanistan and you know had had a bad situation there. Calling him in a turkey and seeing how excited he got, uh, that was so special. I mean, I. I Hunted with Roy Rogers, the old cowboy. I called him at a turkey oh, back yeah. in Texas years ago. Uh, but this, you know, it's just, I could think of thousands of them. Yeah. You know, really. Just every one. And, and that's what makes turkey hunting such a, a disease to me. I mean, it's like such a passion. I mean, because I love it so much and I love to, ex- and, and some, the most memorable hunts are the ones that you share with somebody that's with you, you know. Some of the ones when you're by yourself, you wish everybody was with mm-hmm. you, but the ones that you could share with somebody else, those those are really memorable ones. I mean, it, I mean, they last memories last a lifetime. I could go back and somebody could mention, you remember when we were in, uh, you know, Texas or we were in uh, Oklahoma and you we did, 
I can remember it, just like it would happen yesterday, uh, because that's how much it sticks in your mind, yeah. some of these hunts. Yeah, that's awesome, man. One of these days, we're going to share a camp together. Maybe it's going to be soon. Hopefully, it'll be soon. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, Mark. Tell your wife, you know, it's a sorry, I will go out next weekend for a birthday party. <laughs> yeah, you. I'll let you talk to her. <laughs> I will. Paul, Paul Butts would like to speak with you. Her birthday's falling on a Friday. Like, that's a tough yeah. one. To, you know, yeah. we don't Yeah, get but there's out a much. Friday the following weekend. There's, there's a Friday the following weekend. More Friday's coming. Yeah, tell her that. Good point. She should understand. I've only been gone. To, I was in Green Bay. I was in Tucson. I will be in Springfield. <laughs> All in, like, Two weeks. <laughs> I bet she loves you for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure she'll be totally cool with me. Say, you know, for your birthday, I'm going to turkey hunt. You just do you. We'll catch up. <laughs> you work out childcare, and she might be okay with it. But <laughs> Maybe. Otherwise... Yeah. Actually, she may not want to see my butt. <laughs> she might not want anything to do with me. Yeah. They've gone that much. <laughs> Wow. Well, Paul, thanks so much again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate Nick uh, from Colorful Colorado calling in and leaving us a great question for us to beat around. And if you're not on DeerCast, please uh, hop on. There's tons of great content being posted daily. And there's mm-hmm. also the farm giveaway. It's the best place to follow. That little thing we're calling the farm giveaway, giving away 60 acres in Sullivan County, Missouri. It's North Missouri. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Beautiful, and I guarantee you, you can kill a turkey on that farm. Putnam County. Putnam <laughs> County. That's yep. right. Putnam County. Putnam guarantee County. Guarantee you, you can kill a turkey on it. And and then we're kind of kicking around the idea of maybe stocking the pond. There's there's ponds on it. And maybe yeah. Stock, so that may or may not happen. But I mean, we just keep the deal. It keeps getting better and better. This month, we're giving away a RTP Groundbreaker Three from uh, the guys over here in actually Fenton, Missouri. They're not far yeah, from here. We close. went over to their place. It's pretty awesome. They got all kinds of stuff. The Genesis drill. So cool. So, you know, that's like a $7,500 implement we're giving away here in the month of April. So you got got to enter one time. Yeah, it takes three minutes. More great stuff coming every month. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really curious who's going to win that custom PSE bow in August. Well, not only that, but like, you know, the guys at GSM Outdoors, they're they're doing a muddy penthouse blind. That's in the state. Like, that's awesome. That's really good. You're going to be living large, whoever wins that this yeah. coming year. Yeah. So comfort. It doesn't get much better, and all you got to do is sign up in the app, get the app, sign up in there. Simple. It's simple. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to beat that dead horse and just sign up for the farm. Come on, guys. It just makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's shut it down. I don't know. Let's keep talking about this farm. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the folks at Onyx Hunt for helping us out and sponsoring the show. We appreciate that. And we promise we won't let Paul go hunt this farm that we're giving away because he'd kill all the turkey. He'd, he'd bring in no, guests. No, he'd, no, no, no. He, him and Mark and Terry, they'd come in there and they'd have their fun. And, you know, <laughs> they're just natural born killers. Clear cut the farm for turkeys. <laughs> so, we promise right. we're not letting anybody hunt it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, Paul. It. Appreciate you joining us, man. Good luck this spring. Thanks, guys. All Thank right. you. Peace.